We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good morning to everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State uh, Radio Network. Guest menu looks like this for November the 11th, 2023. Charles Edmond, Charles Bishop of Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab co-host, uh, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football, and last but not least, Coach Van Petaway joins us. Uh, B.J. and Coach Petaway in our number two. Here's simply what's trending. Here's what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. FAMU will host the 2023 SWAT Football Championship. Congratulations to uh, Florida A&M. A spectacular season. And if they can hoist up that trophy on their home field, it will be a great time for the Rattler Nation. Southern University basketball scores a big victory, not only for Southern University, but for HBCU basketball. A big win over the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. We'll get into that as well. And then finally, Southern University football closes out the home part of their 2023 football season after a bitter and disappointing showing at Alcorn State. We'll get into that very, very quickly. That's what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. Charles Edmonds, good morning to you. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I am okay. I've uh, been doing an all-nighter with high school football. Vicksburg season ended last night up in Grenada, Mississippi, and uh, flew in this morning. Just got here about an hour and a half ago and ready for some Sunday football. We've had Friday football last night, Grambling at UAPB. Now some Sunday football tomorrow, all corn in Texas Southern with a, a lot on the line. So I'm hanging in there. It's just a good time of the year. 
Well, I'll definitely have some uh, thoughts on that game Sunday. But um, we'll we'll start off with Southern University. Uh, congratulations to Alcorn State University, first and foremost. Now, some Alcornites had complained to me about the offensive play calling and the offensive showing. But I couldn't tell last Saturday. I love how they came out. And, and, and look, Southern's defense is pretty darn good up into the Texas Southern game. But strike those two games out. Up until that point, very good against the run. What does Alcorn and Coach Radnam come out and do? They come out throwing the football. And they were very successful. So once again, congratulations to Alcorn State. Now for Southern University, which that is my school. I'm an alum. But I'm always going to be brutally honest. And, and, and Charles, I kind of warned the audience that I wasn't feeling pretty good about this game. And I'm not happy to be right, but I, I, I was right. Undisciplined. I'm just going to kind of throw out some words. Offense scored first. As usual, a gift by Alcorn State in turnover, in a turnover. But they scored once, scored first once again. Defense is banged up. And uh, kind of knew that coming in to this ball game. And it kind of showed, but again, we have to give credit to uh, Alcorn State and what they were able to accomplish in, in, in their game plan. Uh, the defense is now finally breaking down. And injuries, a lot of them. And they played a lot of snaps on the field over the length of the season. And we talked about it before. If the offense has a, or as the defense, if they have a, a, a slow start or a bad game are you confident enough of the offense going to be able to win the game I wasn't and, and, and look that's my opinion but the facts will bear it out Harold Blood you know you don't like that and we had him as a guest in the fall camp right before fall camp on this show we wished him the best he had a grasp of the offense, but I'm just going to be honest. I think he's digressed. You know, you look each game to see improvement. We're almost at the end of the season, and you don't really see that improvement. Good morning to everyone in the chat room. O-line, offensive line, despite injuries, and I know they've had injuries, to me, they've continued to play subpar. Ball security, sacks, some of that is on the offensive line. Some of it is on Harold Blood holding the ball too long. It is what it is, Charles Edmund. This football team still has a chance, technically, to get into the SWAG championship game. But I don't know. I don't know if they deserve it. I really don't. No, they don't deserve it. This football team, you know, 
so much promise for this season. It's now just you're just kind of hoping to to win out the rest of the the season, and then you got to look at making some adjustments. Now, what those adjustments going to be? And boy, the Jaguar Nation, they're fired up. I'm going to always be professional. I'm going to not call for anybody to lose their job. None of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get personal. I'm just going to keep it fair and balanced. But after this 2023 season, you're just going to have to look at some things and make some adjustments. I'll use that word, Charles, adjustments. But uh, bitterly, bitterly disappointing the way they went into that ball game with what's at stake. And then, I, of course, I wasn't at the game, but I was told uh, some players, our player, shoved the uh, all-corn coach. And I know it got bitter and chipper, and I know disappointing, but then that goes back to being undisciplined. or not disciplined. That's not the way to do it. And if this happened, and I'm the head coach, and I didn't see it, but I'm told, and I do an investigation, and I find out that this happened, that player, all that, those players, see you, not the rest of the year, and then you have to prove to me, prove to me that you can be a disciplined player and be professional. But again, this is what I was told. Those who are watching, told you make a confirm it. Someone could have told you. Maybe you saw what happened. But it just goes to back to a team that's just not disciplined. But anyway, 44 to 21, the final score. Alcorn State. And if you look at it, Charles, first quarter was disastrous. 24 to 7. Alcorn State outscored Southern. 10 points in the second quarter for Alcorn. Then Southern University, 14 points. That have down 34 to 14. They outscored Alcorn State seven to three in the fourth. Charles, I've had my say so far. You 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 go ahead. First of all, Carlos, I must admit, you told me mm-hmm. you were dead right, and I was dead wrong in terms of you how you felt the way the Jaguars would come out. Mm-hmm. And first of all, the Braves just did what they had to do. Okay. For that, that's first and foremost. Yep. Congratulations. Right? So, the Braves offensively efficient, throwing the football, as we talked about. Running game was there. Um, special teams was an issue for us. That's how Southern jumped out on top. Kay McNair muffed a punt, gave Southern a short field. We talked about it last week. You couldn't do that. We did it. Southern jumped out 7 nothing. But then the walls caved in, if you're a Jaguar. Five turnovers total. Five turnovers, 31 unanswered in 16 or 17 minutes of game action. And, you know, of course, congratulations, Alcorn. As Alcorn's announcer and as an employee of Alcorn State University, I am happy. We stay in control of the West. But I'm going to take my all-corn hat off, Carlos. Mm -hmm. I don't have a swag hat. If I did, I'd put it on. 
<laughs> because I'm a fan of the SWAC. I'm a product of the SWAC. If you had no rooting interest of all corners Southern University and you just wanted to see a good SWAC football game, you didn't see that. You didn't see that Saturday. All corners Southern football games are usually hotly contested. Come down to the final play or plays. Steve McNair broke the record against Southern University back in 94. Those hotly contested games. But what you saw last Saturday was just, what the heck? Hmm. You know, this is a family show, so I'm going to say what the heck. But I can have a few more choice words, just as a fan of the SWAC now, to have happen what happened and how Southern just completely collapsed. You talk about the word epic fail. That was Mm -hmm. an epic fail. And it's even more so, again, I'm talking as a fan of the SWAC, Southern jumped out 7-0. Now, it's one thing if you don't come out of the locker room, if you don't get off the bus. That's one thing. But Southern had early momentum and just a complete collapse. Keenan Leishman was a one-man wrecking crew on defense. Mm-hmm. What's the story of Keenan Leishman? He's from Baton Rouge, wanted to be a Jag, out of high school, wanted to be a Jag, didn't get, didn't get what he wanted, and then transferred from Rutgers, hit the portal, wanted to come back to Southern again. He wanted, he had two cracks to be a Jaguar for whatever reason. For whatever reason, Southern didn't look at him for whatever reason. I don't know. But it was personal for him. And, hey, right place, right time. He had the strip. He had the strip mm-hmm. six. And he told me he's going to be our pregame guest. He just took it out of the running back's hands. He just snatched it out. And then the pick six. Carlos, you were there for the one of the for both championship games. Does that last touchdown that he had remind you of something? Mm-hmm. At last, turned over on the square out, jumped the route. Bad quarterback play then. Bad quarterback uh, decision making. Yeah. Last Saturday. Yeah. So when when you look at all that again, I took my all court hat off, and I'm just speaking as a fan of the swag. That just mm-hmm. that just that just that just didn't work. And we've had a bunch of premier games in this league this year: FAMU, Prairie View, uh, Jackson State, FAMU. Those games were epic fails too. But this one, to me, just as much as I wanted to see Alcorn win the game, and they did, I just wanted to see a good football game because I thought Southern University was going to play the best game of the year mm-hmm. because they had to. They had to, and they didn't. So, as you mentioned, Southern still can win the West. You know, they can still win the West. Braves got to lose two. Southern's got to beat Prairie View and Graham. On paper, can you can you draw it up? Yeah, you can. But realistically speaking, can you see that? I don't. As a Braves fan, I'm pulling for Southern University today. Oh, I, I, and I'm sure. And I'm, yeah, challenging I, I, again, I, I, I'm challenging again Southern University at home against a quality, quality team, top-tier team in the conference, and Prairie View is that. So save, it. save it, Charles. Save it, Charles. I, 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 I'm sorry. I got to interrupt you. I, I, I know. I, I just – you know, I just don't have the confidence yeah. right now. And, yeah. um, you know, challenges have been put out there all season. Bottom line, they haven't gotten it done. I and, agree. Uh, I, I was listening to the radio broadcast, and um, the announcer said they don't deserve to even have uh, an opportunity to play in the Western Division. Now, that kind of puts you at a contrast because if you're a, a Southern alum, you want the best. 
but you also got to call it the way you see it. Yeah, Johnny, the thrill is gone. No more challenges, Charles. No more challenges. They've had it. the opportunity yeah. to do it. Now, you hope as, for the seniors that they go out and play a good game uh, today, 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't you think that Prairie View is going to be fired up? Remember what happened last week? I mean, it's last week. Last year, they're yeah. going to be fired up. So it's gut check time now. Yeah. After a disappointing loss, do you have enough, enough of an attitude and pride and all of those adjectives to come out and play a good football game? My my, my patience is thin, Charles. It's yeah. thin right now. Yeah. If, if I go out, and, and let me just say this. I, they had a lot of discussion about quarterback play, but the position that he's being put in, you know, play calling. I, I I just don't understand it. I I really don't. And if things don't work out, you've had a whole season to fix it. And if it's not working, adjust. Defenses have done a good job, I think, of analyzing Southern University's offense. And if they have analyzed and come up with a great game plan, then you have to adjust to the defenses adjust. Yeah. I just I I, I just don't see it. So, you know, and, hopefully and, I'm, hopefully and, I'm wrong. And then the aspect of the defense of the discipline stuff. I mean, again, you and I have seen many on all corn southern game. And what I saw from the from the very beginning, you know, it, it, it was just kind of head scratching to me. I mean, in the pregame, there was a lot of jaw jacking going on, which you kind of expected that. Then someone throws a can of blue mist or whatever that is on the feet on a, on the field. I'm like, where did that come from? What what is that about? Like, really? Come on. I mean, I just I, the game itself takes care of itself with all that yeah. other extra stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And then our tight end got his eye gouged out. Wow. Um, and and Coach McNair said that he he had never seen a boxer's eye up close. You know, when 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 a boxer when he get his eyes gouged out. He said that's how our tight end's eye looked. I didn't see I didn't see his eye myself, but Coach McNair talked about it. Truck wow. Griffin, who's gonna try to give it a go today. Uh, you know, just just the chippiness. And yeah, you know, the, the Braves were prepared for some of that stuff and they tried not to get engaged in that. And Coach McNair did warn his team about some of some of that stuff. So the Braves did a good job in being poised, but more so disappointed in just how. Southern just came apart at the seams. I just didn't expect to see that at all. And so, again, back to what I said earlier, if Mm -hmm. you were looking for a good SWAC football game, you didn't get that. And just as a fan of the SWAC, I'm going to put my all-court hat back on, Carlos. As a fan fan of the SWAC, I was disappointed. I really was. I was happy for for my Braves. We stay in contention. Good Mm -hmm. job. Senior day. Great atmosphere, great weather, great crowd. But just to see the collapse of Southern University offensively, um, it, it was a, it was tough to watch at times. And so I don't know what's going to happen. As I mean, you, you're on the inside of that stuff. This is year two of Dooley. This is year two. They won the West last year. Coaches are stubborn. You kind of expect. And I, I this is just my own personal opinion. I don't think Dooley's going to change much. 
He, mm. he feels like as a head coach, you still got to play it close to the vest. We're talking about the fact that he knows his team still has a shot, even though it's an outside shot. You got to play it close to the vest all the way through. You got senior day today, got the Bayou Classic in two weeks. That adds a whole nother set of emotions to the game. You want to close it out strong. So I don't expect a whole lot of changes from Southern University. And as much as I love the Jaguars and the Jaguar Nation, I don't have confidence that they can win a big game at home. I, I challenged it early in the year, Carlos. Jackson State, Florida and I challenged it then. Didn't come through. Mm -hmm. I don't have faith that they can do it. I just And I did that, and I challenged them early because I felt like it would come down to something like this on the back end. And it's coming down to it, and they haven't shown that they can do it. So, hey, we, we, we hope that Southern rises up. Forget about last week. Get it done for the seniors, for the pride, for the alumni, for the boosters, for the parents, for the Jaguar Nation. Show up and show out and get it done today. But, you know, prior history – and evidence suggests that it, it may not happen. Well, for the Jaguars, five and four overall on the season, four and two in the conference. They have a chance still to have a, a winning season. Also, they still technically can get into a SWAC championship game. For the Braves, six and three overall, five and one at conference. Statistical story, and we'll, we'll, I'll just give you a few numbers to, to kind of paint the picture of what we've been talking about. Net yards rushing for Southern, 69 yards, 176 for Alcorn State. Net yards passing, 194 for Southern, 263 uh, for Alcorn State. Total offense. 439 yards for Alcorn State on 69 plays. Southern University, 263 on 49 plays. Alcorn had 20 more snaps in the game. But that's kind of what you've seen pretty much all year. Penalties, 9 for 115. Doggone it. That, that late in the season. That late in the season. And you still have those penalties well yeah something has to change and if I'm the CEO I'm the head coach it falls on me and I have to address that and if you hadn't addressed it at this point then major change had to happen maybe with personnel players come on we got to do better than that uh, time of possession, 22 minutes, 43 seconds for Southern, 37 minutes and 17 seconds for Alcorn State. From an individual standpoint, I guess the MVP is uh, Robins Bow playing. Five punts for 235 yards, 47 yards per punt. Just, just dismal, just dismal. Once again, congratulations to Alcorn State. You got it done. You really got it done. And and Carlos, the mm -hmm. one the one blemish I asked Coach McNair the other day was this a complete? And I I really didn't ask him this all year. You're still looking for that four quarter game, that complete game from start to finish. I thought he might say yes, mm -hmm. but he says no. He says offensively we were good, defensively we were fine, but special teams. You know we had an eight yard punt. Um, of course, we had the muff on the punt return. 
those things can cost you games in these next two games. So it wasn't as complete as he would like for it to be. Of course, a head coach is never going to be 100 percent satisfied, but he felt like it was about as close to a really good game as we've had all year long. And so we'll, we'll see if we can make those corrections and adjustments come tomorrow at two o'clock. Yeah. Um, Charles, if I can, I, I, I'm kind of looking, I'm going to look over here at uh, the live chat. Good morning to, to everyone. Um, question for me. Michael Jones says, Carlos, if FAMU loses to Bethune-Cookman, do they still host the SWAC championship? Yes. It is set in stone. It is set in stone. Yeah. They're going to be hosting. Now, their opponent, that is yet to be determined, Charles. Yeah, it's yet to be determined. And uh, right now, it's it's a it's a two-horse race. You know, by the Braves winning, they kind of knocked Grambling out of the picture. Grambling still was kind of lurking, but that that's out. Any tiebreaker, Alcorn Grambling. Of course, the Braves beat Grambling, so... You know, look, the Braves still have work to do. Two games on the road, long week to get ready for this one, short week for Jackson State, who's off today. So you're going to have a Tiger team that's that's going to be dangerous. Heck, I would have rather faced Jackson State if they had won the Eastern Division, just like last year when we had a chance to get them after they won in Lamy, because you do take your foot off the gas. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, that Jackson's game is going to be really tough, and we have to continue to play well. And this TSU team, if they make four or five more plays – commit four or five less penalties, we could be talking about Texas Southern in this conversation for the Western Division because they've let some games slip, including the game in Baton Rouge recently. So th this TSU team is dangerous. That's the word I was going to use. And um, I was talking to uh, Alcorn Knight earlier in the week. Uh, let's just be honest. TSU should have won at Southern. Jackson State, 21-19, could have very well won that football game. I told the Alcornite, Texas is a dangerous football team, very dangerous. Do not take them lightly. And then, of course, with Jackson State, that's you don't have to say much more about that game. So if Alcorn State is not careful, they don't slip up. Watch out. And still two tough ball games, in my humble uh, uh, opinion. We're going to take a timeout and visit with our first guest, Charles Bishop. Uh, he knows a lot about this Prairie View Andam football team that's here at A.W. Mumford Stadium at 2 p.m. Boy, I've already gotten some calls. It's like you can drive straight on campus. Such disappointment. It's senior day, last home games, but it but it is what it is. Uh, chance of rain today. One of the low points of uh, this 2023 football season. However, however, technically still, has a shot at uh, the Western Division championship, but this team is 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 hurting bad, and can they look deep inside and come up with a, a fantastic effort today? I'll have my prediction of the ball game, but we'll take a timeout. Charles Bishop joins us next. You're watching the Coles Brown Show. 
right here on the Black College Sports Network. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. This week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Coles Brown, Charles Edmund, and now joined by the Bishop, Charles Bishop of the Optical Hills. Is that HBC Sports Lab co host, Charles? Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Carlos. It's great to be here with you this morning. Uh, looking forward to today's game. It's going to be fun. 
Well, listening to the band kind of got me in a somewhat better mood. Um, something about the bands that always uh, uh, does that. Maybe we can see Alcorn and Prairie View at Tiger Stadium one day in a football game. Since they're, you know, being uh, very generous with giving out funds for those, <laughs> for, those, for those type of games, they'll probably give a little less when you're coming from out of state. But, right. hey, I, I don't think you would turn it down. I, I, I'm thinking if you're Prairie View and Alcorn. With that being said, Charles, this Purview and them football team coming uh, into A.W. Mumford Stadium at 2 p.m. today. Kind of give us an outlook on this Purview football team. You've seen them up close and personal. Yeah, well, when you take a look at them, I think last week uh, really helped uh, the psyche of Purview's football team quite a bit. Uh, huge win of Arkansas Pine Bluff because uh, for the better part of, uh, I believe, a month, uh, they had been in an office of doldrums in terms of uh, losses to Houston Christian. They had an off week, and then they came back with that huge clunker against Florida a and So to get back in the win column, that was huge for the psyche of the team. Uh, talked to a lot of players uh, after the game. It was homecoming festivities, and they all said to a man, that was the game that they needed to sort of to sort of break back out and realize that, that they still have a lot of explosive ability. And, you know, you, you look at this game, and, and I know coaches in uh, particular don't like to look at what happened previously the year before, but I'm thinking Prairie View is going to be fired up, you know, coming into this ball game today, coming uh, off of a win, looking back at last year, the kind of uh, extracurricular activities that happened before the game and then the, the results of the game, um, they're going to be fired up in my opinion, uh, Charles Bishop. You think so? I, I think that they definitely will be fired up. There's still a lot to play for. Uh, obviously, they, they're going to need help from, from uh, uh, to, to see what's going to happen with Alcorn over the next couple of weeks. But uh, despite it being an up-and-down season, uh, there's still a lot to play for, especially uh, with regards to this Southern game, uh, you know, interstate rivalry. Uh, so it, it's one of those games where uh, they know that they, can, they have the ability to go into Baton Rouge, uh, get the victory and, and, and just let chips fall where they made from there. But uh, I think last week just went so far with regards to helping out this offense. Uh, they were able to go up top and they scored early and often. And they found, you know, some guys like Shamar Savage, 6'4", fast, uh, out there on the outside. Eight catches, 136 yards last week. Uh, to go along with Trajan Spiller, who had a catch last week. Brian Jenkins was able to work the slot and things of that nature. But they, they have a explosive ability. And you know, like I said, talking to some of the players last week, it was just they needed to break out of the doldrums. And it, uh, to, to get that big win last week against Arkansas Pine Bluff, we can't say enough about it for Purdy. Uh, Bishop, has this season for Prairie View, I mean, everyone comes in with, you know, high expectations. Um, this season, have they underachieved, if, if that's the word I could use, um, disappointing, disappointment? Where, where does uh, Prairie View Nation, how do they feel about this, uh, this team now at, at, at this point coming into the Southern football game? In so many ways, Purdue's fan base and Southern's fan base, they really mirror each other with regards to how they looked at the team. Uh, like I said, it has been up and down. Uh, they've had a lot of self-inflicted wounds, and I think that's the thing uh, that they really lay in terms of 
uh, how they've uh, attacked the season. They let one get away uh, their grammar. There have been highs the, 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 in terms of coming back against Texas Southern, coming back against Alcorn, and getting those last-second victories. But uh, the lows have sort of balanced out the highs, uh, the clunker at Houston Christian, not being able to really do anything offensively there. Uh, and then you, the, the game at, at Florida A&M, that was, that was another tough one. And then, you know, quite honestly, they've been nicked up during the course of the season. So I, I think, mm. you know, it's 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 been, you know, six and one and half a dozen another in terms of the way they looked at this team. But I generally think, you know, that they've been, if, if, if last week could, could kind of give some sort of perspective, mm-hmm. it, it gives hope in terms of maybe they are getting healthy at the right time of the season, uh, especially when you take a look at the bad losses to Black Fan here and Houston Christian. Ahmad Antoine didn't play. He came back last week, and just talking to a couple of coaches last week, his presence really mm. gives this offense a, a different dynamic, and I think that goes a long way. And, and you know, which trades on Conley do you get today? Do you get the Trazon Conley that threw for 300 yards last week, or do you get the Trazon Conley where you're just trying to, you're scratching your head trying to figure out there's so much athletic ability there for it to not show in certain games? It was, it's really puzzling. Charles Epman, these two teams, these two programs know each other very well. Of course, Coach Julie, former head football coach at Prairie View a and um, his assistants were at Prairie View with him. So, both programs know each other very well. Would that play a, a factor in, into this ball game today? Um, I think so. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, Coach Dooley said uh, when he was at Prairie View, you know, I got a quarterback in my pocket, in my back pocket that nobody knows anything about. And I was, and I was wondering who he was talking about. It was Conley. Okay. You know, it, it, it was definitely him. And so he's a guy that Dooley knows well. He knows all his idiosyncrasies. So that could definitely, you know, play a factor. So I think there, there are no secrets as far as what Dooley knows, as far as Prairie is concerned. And look, I mean, for for coach, for coach uh, Bubba McDowell, I mean, look, his his thing to me when media day was finishing strong. You know, that team has faltered, losing the Valley two years in a row. The Braves knocked them out of it last year on a Friday night, and I think you can say the stretch run was FAMU. And they still got two tough games left. Bama State comes to Panther Stadium. That's no picnic. This game today is no no picnic. So I think for a Prairie View, they know Southern and vice versa. I don't think there'll be any secrets. Prairie View's playing for something. Southern just trying to stay in the conversation. And so I think this is going to be one of those games in which whichever team is cleaner, I think it's going to be the team that's going to win this game. Yeah, Charles, I couldn't agree more because I think that has been the theme of this season, without a doubt, from Coach Bubba McDowell, is, has been to finish. Finish, finish mm-hmm. strong. And like I said, that if, if, if a game can go uh, a long way uh, for Prairie View, uh, that was big last week for them. And I, and I think that's something that he's put his foot down on the gas uh, this past week in terms of finishing out this schedule uh, as strong as you can. And like I said, some guys are getting healthy and coming back. Caleb Johnson missed last week uh, for, for Prairie View. Amada Antoine came back for the first time in three, uh, two and a half games because he went out uh, midway of that Valley game. But uh, getting him back, I think that's huge for this offense. And I remember that young man, if I'm not mistaken, from a great high school program in New Orleans, Louisiana, Edna Carr. Edna Carr, yeah. Yeah. So when, when you look at it, sometimes just that presence, as you stated, 
it kind of gets the uh, the mental state of the team in, in in a much better place. Um, want to get you guys' opinion on this. You know, we always talk about on this show about overcoming adversity, and and, and each team in this conference, no matter what sport, they've gone through that. And you just talked about finishing strong. Overall, in in the conference, it has the play this year to you been erratic, sporadic, or has it been a typical season? Now, I have an opinion on it, but I want to see what you guys think. I think there has been a clear difference between FAMU and the rest of the conference. I, I think they have proven themselves to be one of the more elite teams in the conference. Uh, but over the past, I think, few weeks, Alcorn is closing that gap. So uh, to me, uh, to, to, if, if you're talking about teams uh, that have been ascending, uh, obviously Alabama State, they've gotten on a, a strong winning streak. But Alcorn has shown the ability uh, to not only be able to throw the ball, but to be able to run the ball as well with getting – uh, Jarvin Hardgrove back up and, and rolling uh, as he was last year. So I, I think it is fam, and the gap is closing as we get toward the end of the season, if you will. Well, that's interesting, Charles. Gap closing, but I still would say FAMU, without a doubt, number one. No, no, no doubt about it. I, I guess I'm thinking about taking out the rest of the teams – I guess I'm kind of disappointed because some of the some of the play I see. Um, you come into the season, you had some established quarterbacks, and a lot of teams had to develop that quarterback to make the team go, be in a better place. Alabama State was one. Southern University was another one. Uh, Charles Edmund, I'm missing somebody. Who else? And but but you still see. Coming into the season, it's still that same problem that they have to address, and that's th- that quarterback play. And then, and then another thing that kind of I've been disappointed in, and I know in, in today's game you don't want to curve the excitement of players and stuff, but my goodness, I'm kind of old school in the way. After one play, people are just up and in other players' faces, bragging about what they've done. And in the old way, you, you wait, if you're going to do that, to the end of the game when you won, won the game. So, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a pet peeve of what I'm seeing, but um, you know, I, I just see a lot of that across the football landscape. Yeah. In my opinion, it's, it's what we've been talking about. It's called social media. Mm. Social media drives a lot of this extra stuff that you just mentioned. Mm. A lot of talk on social media before these games. A lot of talk on social media during these games. And, and, a, whole lot of, and a whole lot of talk on social media after these games. So it gets ratcheted up when you're, when you're calling out other teams and on social media. People keep receipts. One thing about social media, receipts are being kept. And if you can't take it, don't dish it out. And so what's happening is people are dishing it out and can't take it. Period. And I think that's that's a part of this, in my humble opinion, I think that's what's driving a lot of it. Uh, but to your question about 
just football in general this year. You know, I thought I had a bead on what was going on in this conference, mm-hmm. but when you had Jackson and losing on their homecoming and Grambling losing on their homecoming on the same day, I gave up because I don't know what to expect. And last week was another case in point. I never thought to see what from Southern University what I thought I saw last week. So you don't know what's going to happen today. You really don't. And I've kind of given up on terms of trying to at least get a bead on it because you just don't know. Southern might come out here and play lights out today against Prairie View. They may play the best game of the whole year. And in my opinion, Carlos, you'll be happy. But I think a lot of the Jaguar Nation will probably be ticked off because they're going to be like, where was that all year long? Yeah. So yeah. Would say that. I would think. I would yeah. think, like, where's that been? I mean, yeah. they're, 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 not, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy. <laughs> and, and, and to you, Boyd Charles, I, I still look at Southern as that same team uh, with that fabulous comeback against Texas Southern and Kendrick Rhymes uh, going for 136 yards mm-hmm. in the game. Like, like they have weapons, and and it's it's puzzling uh, why they've been uh, so inconsistent this season. That's why yeah. it's been so so frustrating. You know, when you, you see, it, it's kind of like if you're in the classroom and you see a student and you you know. That student is a is an A student, but they underachieve. Not because they're not talented, don't know it, but they just not getting it done. Yeah, and that's how I kind of look at at, at, at at this football team. But uh, Charles brings up a great point. Social media. I mean, I'm I'm looking. Uh, the show is on social media. I'm on social media, and and I'm looking after a a, a game. In the locker room, you know, and I'm not trying to say you, you you curve the enthusiasm, but my goodness, you know, you're calling out the next opponent, and then you go out and lay an egg when you mm-hmm. called out the opponent in the locker room. All that kind of stuff, I, you know. But I know that's a time we live in. But I'm I'm not accepting that. But you know, that's just me. My and, and opinion. And, and what makes it worse, Carlos, is that it's one thing to have the chatter about the team in the game, but then it gets a little personal. And then you start talking about the campuses, the dorms. It, it, it goes way out there, the cafeteria. Uh, it, it, and, and that, you know, That's to bad. me, I mean, yeah. we're all product of HBCUs. I mean, you know, our dorms could be better. Our cafeterias could be better. It all could be better. We all could be better. But, you know, we are in the place that we're in and I don't get involved in that. And it's just and that's when it gets ugly and personal to me on social media, when it goes way beyond the boundaries of what happens on the football field. So that that adds an, an extra element to it. But you talked about the quarterback position, Carlos. I mean, I think it's still incomplete. I mean, when it you is. talk about Braves football, I mean, Aaron Allen, if you look at Aaron Allen this year, of course, he got hurt in the grambling game last year. Totally mm-hmm. different Aaron Allen. Chose not to get the surgery, chose to rehab in Houston. And he looks, and the offense has conformed to what he can do instead of a run first, run first, pass third. We're passing it, we're slinging it around. So I think that's the one, that's the one change. But other than that, you know, you you look at Moose at FAMU, you know, some people think he's the real deal. Some say, oh, I'm still got some question marks, but they're getting it done. They're getting it done. They're in the championship game. He he is, and, and if Alabama State, you look at them and develop in the in the quarterback situation. How many people have told you, boy, if they had yeah. that guy offensively exactly. run a team? The defense is there. The yeah. defense is there. But I will say this about Alcorn. Once again, Coach McNair during the season didn't wait till the end of the season to make adjustments. They evolved. 
they made yeah. a change within the season. And you can see some kind of some of the comments coming in the chat room. Stubborn. Who are they talking about? Stubbornness. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I, I asked the question, uh, how mm-hmm. difficult is it for coaching staffs to sort of evolve during the course of the season, especially when you have your uh, sort of thought processes in terms of the personnel that's going out there? How difficult is it to change from the personnel that you thought was going to be the personnel you needed out there? Well, Charles, Emma, I think those coaches who are able to make those changes, you know, and don't have the mindset of, well, this is what we're running. This got to work. This has to work. And when it doesn't work, are you able to bring the ego down a little bit and, and make adjustments? And well, you've seen in some, some teams, they've been able to do that. Then in some teams, you, you've seen that they don't, they figure this is our game plan. It should work. And I'm not going to change my mindset. Well, well, the other aspect too is that if you look at Coach McNair, he doesn't he doesn't lean into a quarterback in the offseason. His his mm-hmm. mantra has been the same every year. We're gonna let it play out. We're gonna let the thing play out and come August 25th, we're gonna make a decision. He does not commit to a quarterback mm-hmm. in the summer. He does not commit to a quarterback in June. Eric Dooley committed to his quarterback. Right after spring practice, am I am I am I correct? And committed, and is still with him, right? Up until today, and yeah. I, you know, I, I got a bunch of can questions. Can Coach Dooley, if yeah. Coach, if, if 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 blood gets off to a rocky start, yeah, can he make an adjustment? Can he make a change? Yeah, I asked the question, but I think I know the answer already. No, yeah. Well, he was he was committed. PJ. Good, good, he was good committed morning, to it, and and you know, Coach Coach McNair never committed to to Aaron Allen or Tyler Macon or anyone. He's just gonna let the thing play out, and we'll and we'll make a decision. You know, Tyler Macon had the big run against USM, and he got hurt. Aaron Allen took advantage mm-hmm. of that opportunity, and you see what he's doing with it. But I think coaches have to when coaches get too deep in that, and they say, "Hey, we're gonna go with this guy." You know, I thought Calvez was gonna be the guy at Grambling. Yeah, the guy at Grambling signed the NIL deal. I thought Calvez, Calvez, nope. And so this this is kind of what happens. That's why, to me, as a coach, and BJ's now that he's on, he can probably talk more about this. As a coach, when you truly commit early like that, you have to almost kind of you got to humble yourself and eat your words and understand that hey, it's what's best for the team. And if you got to do a pivot to get the best out of it, you got to do what you got to do. But most coaches are stubborn. Most coaches, when they say this, they're going to do this. You know, they're not going to do that. So I think that's just kind of where Dooley is, I think. Look at this uh, comment. Coaches should be committed to winning, not – well, well it, it went off. Put, put that one back up, Roy, I'll look over here. Um, hmm. Well, well, we'll put it back up. But I think what he was saying that, you know, you've got to commit to the team winning. And – Back to Alcorn, Macon, everybody come in. I, I had some people tell me Alcorn wins if he plays well. From the outside looking in, I think Allen is the better quarterback, the total package. To me, Macon is a tremendous athlete, but I don't think he has intangibles like Allen. Look, what I saw last week, 
Hey, I, I feel confident in what I said earlier. That was a quarterback, and I'm not getting tied up on because he's come from a, a power five school. You got to get the job done. What's best for the system? What's best for that team? Allen, no doubt about it. In my humble opinion, he's the guy. And maybe Macon should be utilizing another position, Charles. But anyway. Well, he's being used in the Wildcat right now. I mean, against Southern University, the last two or three games, he's been used on short yardage, second and short, because we know what he can do with his legs at the 75-yard run against USM. So Coach Phillips and Coach Elliott Red and the offensive coaches have found a way to get the best guys on the field and to utilize the talents that they have. So Tyler Macon's a totally different deal, but Aaron Allen is definitely getting it done right now. Yes, my vote. BJ, welcome. Good morning, fellas. Good afternoon. Shout out to Charles, man. Unbelievable hospitality you showed us last week. <laughs> oh, man. Really appreciate it, Charles, man. Charles invited us to his suite, man. My wife and I uh, had an opportunity to meet um, someone who I look up to, who is Dean Barnes. Um, every time I meet him, I am uh, just listening to him as a kid. And, and now having the ability, you know, to, to meet him and, and talk to him, man, is just I don't get starstruck by many people, but Dean Barnes is one of those people. <laughs> he's the original. He's a, he's a, he's yeah, a great, very much great so. guy. Yeah. Swag, swag legend. Swag legend. Yes, yes, absolutely. Another one that should be in the swag, I call it Media Hall of Fame. That, that, that's going to be a, a, a lot in there, I believe, or should be. Um, we're kind of talking Southern and Purdue, <clears throat> and of course the conversation gets back to Southern and Alcorn, you you were there, BJ. We we exchanged text message. You know, I I I tried to warn Charles Edmund, but he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen. <laughs> you know, he keeps throwing out these challenges. But you know, it's just like on I'm on the outside looking in for Alcorn. He can tell me, and I'm gonna listen to what he says about Alcorn. I tried to tell him about Southern. Uh, what you see is what you get with this football team. But your thoughts, BJ? Uh, I thought last week was the worst game that Southern had played all year. Um, and I think that Jaguar Nation would have been able to handle a loss just talking to people. But the undisciplined play, uh, it, it, it was, oh, my goodness. It, 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 was, it was bad. Uh, and this is the thing about it, Carlos. It's been bad consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, Southern University has played nine football games. And seven of those football games, we've gone over 110 yards of penalties. That's discipline. That starts at the top. That's, that, that's, that starts at the top. So nothing has been nipped in the bud, and that frustrates Jaguar Nation. Um, and then on top of that, look, I, I think Harold Blood is a tremendous young man. I think that um, you guys just talked about having a system how easy it is to change. I'll tell you as a defensive coordinator and interviewing for other defensive coordinator jobs, one thing they, they ask you, how do you work in an ever-changing work environment? Hmm. And coaches pay attention on your answer that you give on that. Because I've come into seasons where I thought that I had this and this what we were going to run. And then a game or two in, I realized this is my personnel have conversations with them. What are you comfortable with? And now we've had to revamp the entire thing. 
And it usually works because the kids are going to tell you, I'm, com- I'm comfortable with this. I'm comfortable with that. And then you, 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 you readjust that on the fly. And I think not seeing that is bringing people back to last season and particularly the ending of last season. And that's hey, not hey, a good thing. Here's a question I'll have, especially if you've seen what you've done work, if you've seen your system work. How um, difficult is it to, to maneuver off of you've seen the success of it? I, I've, I've, from the, the school that I come from, Charles, I've always been told that your system is as good as the X's and O's that you have. And if you don't have a certain X or a certain O, you cannot be married to that system. You're doing your players a disservice by saying this is what we're going to run and this is what we're going to do, regardless if you have the ability to do the things that I ask you to do, particularly at the quarterback position. I think that quarter, I think that Harold Blood can be a serviceable quarterback, but I do think that he's been asked to do some things that he's not comfortable doing. I think that this offense has been asked to do some things. I'm going to be honest with you. They don't have the skill level up front to be able to allow. Those long developing pass routes only work when you have a solid offensive line. I would argue that the offensive line for Southern is the weak point on that offense. So you have to adjust. Now, instead of long and deep, we have to go short and quick. We have to do some play action. We have to do some some slide protections, a little bit more pass pro. You have to be able – if there are high school guys that are able to do this that's making a lot less money, when it comes to being a collegiate coach and you're making the money that you're making, people aren't going to want to hear your excuses, particularly people that know the, the ins and outs and X and O's of the ball game. So in other words, BJ, kind of what we were talking about, you know, the word used, stubbornness, making adjustments when the defense already knows you, what you can and can't do. No, no, no adjustments. And you can go and look at every game. Southern scores first, whether it's from a short field or, or they, you know, make a, they score on a big play, but then defenses make adjustments. And Southern doesn't make an adjustment to yeah. I haven't seen Jaguar Nation as mad as they were last Saturday. I have not seen Jaguar Nation that mad in a long time. And when I say Jaguar Nation, I'm talking about the people that buy tickets, and I'm also talking about some people that sitting in some offices. And they were mad collectively, and that's not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. Bob, kind of monitoring some of the comments in, in, in the chat room. Uh, I don't know. People have asked me, even if it's a different quarterback, a change quarterback, but I, I think it's also the play caller, you know, and the offensive coordinator and the head coach are the same person. So, and hey, we've been wishing for the offensive coordinator and the head coach to have a conversation with each other for over a year now. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it's quite evident that conversation is not going to happen. <laughs> He's talking to himself. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, boy. And then everybody was like uh, other guys on the panel. Willa Brown won. Coach Petaway said, well, the goals are still in place. They yeah, are. It, they it, are. It, it is, but I, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't have – 
any confidence that they'll be able to obtain their goal. And if I'm wrong, I'll come back and say I, I was wrong. But I, 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 I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, well, BJ, I have a question for you. I mean, we, we kind of crossed just talked about it. I mean, Southern still on paper has a shot. If they win the next two and the Braves lose two, they're going, they're going to Tallahassee. So if you're Coach Dooley at this point, you've heard all the griping and moaning and complaining, you hear all that. Do you start to tinker? Do you still talk? Do you tweet uh, some things? Or do you go with what you believe he's not, in? He's not, Charles. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, he's not going to do I, it. I, I get it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, do you still as a coach go with what you believe or do you think of – Doing some things differently because if you do things the same way, you get the same result. Uh, you know, as a as a coach, you would definitely. And I'm glad we got Coach Petway on here. Uh, oh, uh, as, 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 a, as a coach, <laughs> hey, look, as a coach, you 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 adjust those things. You got uh, to. But, but Charles, we have not seen any adjustment over the last two years. No. None. None. So we're we're at this point we expect to see more of the same. I I, I, don't, I, I guess from the people yeah, yeah see the, I, I think I, the I biggest thing that you the, the biggest thing that you all are talking about that is true when you talk about adjustments you got to make adjustments. I, I just finished talking this past week to a, a a college class and it was a, a coaching theory. The biggest thing that I told those kids you got to adjust to your personnel. You can come out as a coach with a philosophy and, and, and the way you want things ran. But if you don't have the personnel to do that, you better be able to dive on making an adjustment if you plan on being in it for a while. And I told them you will have a short life if you try to force your system on kids who cannot do your system. And I think that's part of the problem with mm -hmm. what you all are seeing and what we're seeing now. A lot of coaches get stuck in their ways and, and, and the way they want to do things. And if you don't have the personnel to do that, you're going to get yourself in trouble every time. You got to adjust according to your talent. Your classic example, classic example, you talk about Aaron Allen. Aaron mm -hmm. Allen last year this time, or he was hurt this time last year. He, he couldn't move two feet left or right. He couldn't move the pocket at all. Coach Phillips, the quarterback's coach, Aaron Allen, Elliot Radden got together knowing that Aaron Allen was going to probably be the starter. The offense has changed dramatically with Aaron Allen as compared to Tyler Macon. And so you have to make those adjustments on the fly. And the Braves have been able to do it. Now running game is kind of getting back to where to where it was. And that makes it even better for this offense. See, that's a sign of a good coach. Make making adjustments. Mm -hmm. A seasoned coach, a veteran coach, making adjustments to the personnel that you had or the situation. Like in basketball, you got to even do it further than that. You got to make adjustments during the course of the game mm -hmm. because what your, your game plan that you come up with, man, they may be on top of that. You got to be able to make adjustments. Then the other thing, your leading score, uh, the guys that you've been depending on a uh, year uh, up until that point, if they're not getting it done, you got to be able to, you got to be willing to try somebody else or to go to somebody else. So I think adjustment, adjustments, that's the name of the game. I, I would agree. I would definitely uh, uh, agree. BJ, where, where do you see this game uh, today? Still a, a, a lot on, on the line. I've 
gave my thoughts about Pride, Senior Day, last home game. I, I'm trying to come up with, with something. And, and those players got to have it within themselves to say, look, last week was just a disaster. How can we come back and play a much cleaner game? Heart, all of those adjectives. Can we get it done and go out on senior day with with a, with a victory against a, a Prairie View and them team that's going to be fired up, in my opinion, coming into this ball game? I mean, if you look at this game on paper, um, Southern should win the football game. I feel like Southern is the most talented team. Um, but you never know. Uh, I want to see, is this football team mentally tough? Um, you played a key ball game a week ago. Um, it didn't go your way, and you look bad doing it. How mentally tough are you? You come back senior day. Uh, I remember my senior day, walking out with my parents. It was an emotional time. I'll be honest with you. I was trying to figure out where the time went. Who <laughs> <laughs> was standing out there? Um, but uh, it, it, how mentally tough, and, and can you put it together, your last home game, the seniors, I was always taught that senior day shows you, do you have seniors or do you have leaders? Right. Because the leaders on that football team, the seniors have to, everyone has to rally behind them. And once you have a leader, a leader doesn't have to tell you to rally. You just, you, you want to, you, you don't want to send them out the bad way. That's going to tell us a lot about this football team today. If they can do that, I like Southern's chances. If not, and then things, you think things are bad in Baton Rouge right now, they're going to get a lot worse by about 6 o'clock tonight. Well, I'll save my prediction for, for, for later. <laughs> I, I, I have it on paper. I'm just trying to kind of get through getting everybody's perspective and opinions. Um, someone says Carlos is frustrated in the chat room. Oh, yes. I've uh, been frustrated because, you know, most Southern Knights, and, and I tell whoever the coach is, you support them until otherwise. You had high expectations. We've talked about this on the show. Can you live up to those expectations? BJ, also, we talked about in these last two segments, and, and, and I think Charles brought up the point social media. And I'm, I'm sure my best friend is watching right now. He brought up to me, he's never seen across all college football. Somebody makes an outstanding play, a pick six. You know, they put on the crown. They put on, I've seen the the, the, the wrestling belt. And to me, that was perplexing at first when I was seeing that. You know, you just see that all throughout college football. And then the next play, they may give up a 70-yard touchdown pass. Or you're going to get in front of the camera and say, Boy, I got burned. No, no, talk about that. But you make one good play. You make one good play. And you're up in everybody's face. We talked about, and, and, and look, if, if I'm saying something wrong, you guys tell me. You see on social media, in the locker rooms, after the game, dancing, all kind of stuff going on. Then you come out the next week, you're calling out opponents. And then you get embarrassed. Are you going to go back on social media and say, 
I laid an egg? No. BJ, you're a former athlete on the collegiate level. It's the times we're in, but I just don't like it. I just don't like it. But am I wrong? Am I way off base about this? You know what, uh, Carlos? Uh, <laughs> it's crazy you said my dad would have conversations with me at the ball games after. Why every time you got you make a play, you act like you didn't slay the lion. Right. Like it would drive him <laughs> up a wall. Yeah. All right. Like he absolutely despises it. And you see kids, you, you do that. You know, I'm, I, I believe this. You can play the game with emotion and have fun, but we're going to be disciplined while, while we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mind those kids doing that, but it's the excessive things. Like when the referee have told you to stop jawing and you keep going, uh, all the, the pushing and shoving back and forth and, and getting, you know, uh, to that standpoint, it comes back to discipline. And I always tell kids this. If you get a personal foul penalty uh, playing for me and it's something stupid, you're coming to sit down. Because at that point, what, you, what you've told me is that your ego and how you feel is bigger than the greater good of this football team. Yep, yep. Now, that was the way that I was coached, and that's the way that I coach. When you, we, I'm all about emotion and having fun, but when you get to the point where we get a 15-yard penalty that harms this football team, and you did it because your ego was meant more to you than the greater good our goals this football team. And I, you, you go sit down for a while, right? Now, BJ, well, see that, that that's just like in basketball. My kids were not allowed to get texts. If you got a text, you had to sit down. I don't care who you were, because mm-hmm. you don't have to get texts. That's not a part of the game. That means that you're going over. You putting yourself above the team when when you do stuff like that. So the disreport portion, it has to come from the coaching staff. They have to instill that in them that, hey, we're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. This is not acceptable. And it's got to be consequences. And mine was you sit your tail down. You got a technical file. You got to sit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and then in football, they need to come up with a penalty for, for them getting the, the personal file. You don't, you don't need that. Unsportsmanlike. You don't need that. So I think that's what. It has to happen. It's got to start from the top. Yeah. And and I'm kind of looking at some of the uh, comments in the chat room. A lot of the people are saying the same thing. It starts starts from the top. And, um, you know, just some things that are brought to me that happened at at that last game. But once again, you look at it, but it's, it's, it's something that you've seen throughout the season. And so I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. I'm not trying to take away... Uh, players creativity and doing some things but i just think as, as bj said it uh it, it's, just, it's just excessive and and you know you see it across uh across across the board yeah so. carlos see there's a difference you could play with emotion and, and passion but you 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 have it has to be under control i wanted right. my teams to be passionate i wanted them to be intense on the floor but we we did that without getting technical fouls because not only did you have to sit uh, for that game, I punished you in practice the next day. Oh, so that, I bet. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah they, 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 they had a price to pay. So we didn't get it. You didn't see my team get a lot of texts. Yeah. Every now and then we got one, you know, you might get one for hanging on the rim, but misconduct and stuff like that. No, that we, we, we don't do that. And, and, and you start that from day one. This is how we're going to operate. 
Charles, I see you get ready to say something. But yeah, we 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 had to do that, man. You know what, Carlos? Coach Petaway is exactly right, with the exception of one thing. His players, did, his players didn't get the text. He's the one that was fired. But that was passion, <laughs> intensity. Yeah, yeah. We, I got enough text for the team, so they didn't have to get them. Coach, <laughs> Coach Petaway's face when he's mad and in it, if looks can kill a brick. He would he would win the Academy Award. <laughs> oh, I saw it. Yes, he was. I yes, saw sir. him when he came to Baton Rouge. He was uh remember I'm saying he was my favorite opposing coach at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Intensity, yeah. but um, you know, all of that being said, uh when it hurts the team, as what Coach Petaway and Charles and BJ have yep. stated, then that's where it's a major, major problem. And, and, and if I'm a, an administrator on the athletic standpoint, when I'm keeping my receipt book, I'm keeping all of that. I'm remembering. I'm looking at all of that. And so when it's time to make a uh, an assessment, then you have all the receipts. Yep. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, BJ and, and guys, I was just shocked. The pregame stuff. I was told there was some pregame stuff in, mm-hmm. before the game. I didn't see it. I heard about it after the game, and even you know, somebody threw a can of blue smoke on, on the field. Like, where did that come from? I mean, already the game already itself is, is 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 a pressure cooker, regardless of the records. You know, going back to the McNair days and going back to the first two SWAC championship games on campus, the game already has that. That. Mm-hmm. Game. And then you add that other crap into it. And I'm using the word crap because I'm being kind here. It's a family-friendly right. show. When you add that to it, it just doesn't – it was just surprising to me, BJ, as a football fan, not an all-corn announcer, just a fan of the SWAC anticipating a good SWAC football game. He didn't get that. And so I was, I was I was disappointed. I, 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 really, I was happy that the Braves won. But I'm taking my hat off again, BJ, as a fan of the SWAC. I was disappointed. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And and there's a lot of people in Jaguar Nation uh, that I've seen this week that feels the exact same way as you. And, and, it, and it was embarrassing. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things that occurred uh, and, and embarrassed this fan base um, and, and, and some of its fans. Have you seen you've seen the comments? People say, I'm embarrassed by, mm-hmm. by the way that this football team behaved on last week. Um, and, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, BJ, prediction, if you care to do so, what do you think? We, hey, we I think, I think yeah, I think that Southern Southern bounces bounces back. This is a perfect opportunity for you to be able to do so. Uh, senior day, you want to go into the Bayou Classic uh, with a lot of momentum. Um, this is an opportunity to to you know to get it. Want to see what this. Potential quarterback change looks like um, it's either going to be a good thing or a bad thing because people are going to be able to see the change and they're going to be able to say, hey, was it the personnel or was it the system? You know, what exactly was it? Is there a significant difference from this quarterback to to that quarterback or is it the same thing, same thing? Now, if you have another ball game where you have 120 yards of penalties and the offense looks stagnant, it's going to ratchet up just a little bit more and more people are going to be talking and not in a positive way. 
right. Wait a minute, BJ. That, that sounded like I heard something. A potential what? Quarterback change. Did you say that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's why this, that's, those are the rumbles. Those are the rumbles. We'll see. Oh, okay. Well, no, I, I, I thought maybe I wasn't hearing right. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, but to your point, if it's the still, if it still ends up being a slow, erratic, uh, offensive performance, then it makes me think it's it's not just at, at the quarterback level. That seat is going to look like this, Carlos. It's going to be this color. <laughs> uh, and you're and you're being kind. I think it would be super, 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 super red. But uh, 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 it is it, it, it's going to be interesting. But boy, I, I can tell you the frustration is there. Yeah, Michael, I know all core nights pulling for Southern today. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big statement, yes, overwhelming statement. Yes, but, but Carlos, I, I, I would not I think, that. Hey, Carlos, I think with it being senior day, if those seniors have been great leaders, I think it's going to motivate the team. They they want to send them out as winners on on their senior day. Mm-hmm. Now that that that's a big key. If they have been true leaders, those seniors. Then their teammates will want want them to go out on top, and I think that will get them over the hump. Well, I, I, I will say this, Carlos. You know, in basketball, you know, it used to be the way the rotation was. All every other year, Alcorn would be Southern's last home game, and mm-hmm. our Lady Braves and men ruined Senior Day. And you talk yeah. about getting that award, getting that plaque yeah. with tears in their eyes, yeah. because you want to go out on top on Senior Day, right? And it, right. It's a, and a, and a, and I, I don't, I didn't play, but I know it's a horrible feeling when you're at home and you get that plaque, you get the, you get the customized jersey, and you lose on, you lose that game. It's right. a horrible feeling, I know. And so I know for the Jaguars to have that horrible feeling on top of what hasn't happened this season will just just add fuel to the fire even more so with the Bayou Classic, which ratchets it up probably tenfold even after that. So something, something's got to give here. And I'm, I'm pulling for Southern. I'm pulling for Southern. But I have no confidence, zero confidence, that they can win a big game at home. Jackson State, BAMU, they had two cracks at it. There's another big one today. Until they show me otherwise, I just I can't do it. You know, I just I just can't. But maybe I'm wrong. And if I if I am, I'll come on next week and say, good job, Jaguar Nation. Good job, Southern. But prior history and the receipts tell me, no, sir. Oh, just right there. Just right there. You you just felt like what it's like. To be a Southern University fan and supporter for the last two years, just you, you just got an inside look. You just felt it right there. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, and it was it was so bad. I got a phone call Sunday from a guy who's um, he drives across the road, eighteen wheeler, and he said, "I will pull up and help." Unload some furniture. You know who that guy was? True story. You know who that guy was? My older brother. Wow. Wow. <laughs> true story. True story. And uh no, we we don't need you to do that yet. <laughs> oh, 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 older brother, but he he frustrated. And that's all to say it's a lot of frustration. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to take a timeout. BJ, we appreciate the time. If, if you want to stay on, you can. 
Um, we're going to go from some uh, disappointing and frustrated news to a team, a first-year coach. Yep. And by the way, I had a Southern night, and I love him to death. He's a basketball guru himself. He told me that he still didn't see the, the motion and the spacing that I saw with Southern's first game against TCU. Teron Joseph went down with an injury. And just perhaps that kind of played a part in that game. But Southern was up at that point. But also, my person I was talking about, he was very impressed with what Southern basketball did. Their yep. next game. We'll come back and talk with uh, Coach Petaway about that. Not only was that a big game for Southern, but it was a huge win for the SWAC yep. as well. And I think you're going to see some more of those type games. Mm -hmm. uh, Charles, I also got a chance to see Xavier and Alcorn. Xavier's a good program. Yeah, Alcorn had their hands full. But you can't base everything off of just one game. But I will say this. I think Coach Johnson – will have his team two things. They will play hard, and they're going to be prepared. And yeah, everything was, else will take care of itself. It was a big win by, by Southern. Congratulations to the Jaguars. Yeah. And, Carlos, you should have been in the conversation when I talked with Coach Busty the other day about, you know, we played Miles College really, really good. DJ knows about that. Mm -hmm. Xavier, Landon Bussey played for Xavier. He talked about these games at home. You know what he told me? He said he doesn't believe in playing these cupcakes at home. He wants a stern test at home. I thought about you, Carlos. I thought well, about you. I, I know how you wait, feel wait, about wait. He's, talking, he's talking about his non-conference games? Yeah, well, he's talking about the games at home. He was talking about these two games at home. Like, okay. he, he could have got he could have got anybody he wanted, you know, lower level, whatever. But he wanted – the point is he wanted two tests. He wanted two programs that he knew that were going to test his team. Because as he told me, quote, you're not getting anything out of these cupcakes. He's not getting anything out of it. So, nope. two, two big tests with Miles and Xavier. I think you would have you would have appreciated those comments because I know how you feel about those type of things. Yeah, well, yep. you know that's that's just, that's just my opinion. But even Coach Johnson's kind of spanked me a little bit. Like uh, when he was on Coach Fedaway, he said, yep. uh, and, "And BJ, you on?" He said, mm -hmm. "Well, you're a fan." You know, I. I I only got offended afterwards. <laughs> I didn't think about it, but he he, he didn't mean uh, in a negative way. But I am a fan, but I'm also a, a host. Uh, I'm also alum, so it's like three souls in one body, and I'm trying to keep them in the proper order, but sometimes it gets hard. Yeah. That's like what we talked about, and last week I was totally – frustrated but guess what god willing the creator willing the sun arrives and i'll see another day and just to have an opportunity where i can discuss and talk about that frustration and you let it out yeah and you feel better. <laughs> we're gonna take a time out when we come back it'll be more of the carlos brown show right here on the black college sports network itchy Squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less. 
while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker-Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker-Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K. tell you passion is another key word for the day are passionate so looking in the chat room a lot of pat but you know I, I i like that in in, in a way because if apathy sets in then nobody cares you can never say a fan base is not passionate yeah and, and the jaguar nation uh, they'll love you to death, but if you get on the wrong side, it can be <laughs> brutal. It can be yeah. living hell. But um, you, you, you kind of appreciate it. And I was just kind of doing the break, looking at some of the, uh, uh, the comments. Uh, 
talking about from a football perspective, the O-line is not being looked at enough as the, the, the main problem. But, you know, I, I'll say this, Coach Petaway, two or three things can be the truth at the same time going on. From, you know, quarterback, got a text message from a best friend, and he said he agreed point blank with BJ. Um, you know, the questions, uh, is the quarterback being put in a position to be successful? How has his decision-making been in the heat of the battle? So I, I think two or three things can be true at the same time going on. And I think that's what, what, what you see. Ahead, and see, I think way. a lot of times, Carlos, we as coaches, we, mm -hmm. we have to be careful about trying to uh, – put our influence or our philosophy over on our teams when we don't have the personnel. You you look at mm -hmm. it in the NFL right now. Uh, in New England, everybody thought that all those championships were won because of the coach. Well, when you take a great player away from that coach, things mm -hmm. aren't the same. You know, the coach is still there. The success is not there because they don't have the mm -hmm. same quarterback. You know, so – a lot of times, uh, like he's still running, trying to run his same system. He doesn't have a quarterback that was getting the job done. And we, mm -hmm. and in basketball, we have to do the exact same thing. You adjust your mm -hmm. philosophy and how you want to play the game according to your personnel if you want to stay in it. That, and that's and a, that's bottom line, right? And, and I agree with that point. And I remember uh, Don Shula in the interview every year. Even if the previous year they were successful, even after winning the, the Super Bowl, <clears throat> going undefeated in the offseason, he make what adjustments? He looks at players coming back who they perhaps are going to leave that's not under contractual obligations, and he makes an assessment and he puts together a new playbook depending wow. on what he's got coming back. And, and I think you just have to be able to make adjustments. And yeah. if you don't, you know, stubbornness, it, it, it's almost one of those seven deadly sins almost. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw Joe Charles Edmund. I saw Joe Paterno make adjustments. Mm -hmm. and, these are, and these are coaches that have been successful. Now, we can't ask Coach Knight, but do you think Coach Knight made some adjustments? Doing his he career? did. He had to. He had to adjust because now he kept his same coaching style, but he had to adjust to the personnel that he had because, you know, years ago when they were, were strong in the paint, that's where the ball went. Once he got mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas and those perimeter people, his, his, his offensive philosophy changed to the perimeter. He made mm -hmm. adjustments to his personnel. Now, did he still run his man-to-man? -man? Yes. He's mm -hmm. going to do that regardless of who he brought in. Because if you couldn't play the man-to-man, -man, you became assistant coach. You sat over there with him. <laughs> you know, yeah. because that, I mean, that's the adjustment he made. Mm -hmm. He took a guy who he recruited, who he thought could play for him, but didn't pick up on the defensive uh, principles and concepts. He had to become mm -hmm. an assistant coach. Come see with me. Because yeah. I got another guy who is not as talented as you, but he's playing defense. He's doing the things that I want, and we want to win, so he's going to go on the floor. So you mm -hmm. got to be able to make adjustments. When, when I had point guards, 
my, my, my offense was generated around that. When I was able to go inside, my offense was, was uh, that was predicated on that. You got to be mm -hmm. able to make the adjustments. Yeah, I, I would agree. Making adjustments and then knowing your personnel. I, I, I'll put that in right. as well. Well, we'll kind of come back to uh, some some more football, Coach Pettaway and, and Charles, but uh, uh, basketball. Yes. A team that shot 56% from the field. That's for the game. Shot 61% from, from the arc. Yep. And Teron Joseph, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. From, Bat from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Scotlandville High School, comes from a great program. He could flat out ball. And I thought that was kind of a, a, a difference in the TCU game because I turned it on two minutes later. He was on the court. What I thought, I was hoping it wasn't a serious ankle injury, but he flat out balled against um, – University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Those stats I gave, that was Southern University, and they defeated uh, UNLV 85-71. to 71. Uh, They were up by 19 at the half, 40-21. to 21. Huge victory for Southern. Huge victory for Coach Johnson and the staff and the players. Huge victory for our conference and HBCU uh, basketball. Hats off to Coach Johnson and um, – and there we go, a little bit of the highlights. Right. I, almost, I almost forgot about that. How could I do right. that? Well, well, Carlos, if you remember last week when I when last time I talked to Coach Johnson, mm -hmm. I was telling him that I thought his team, even though it was an exhibition game, I thought that they played well, and he had a lot of people that did a lot of scoring. In this game against UNLV, he had four people in double digits. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Joseph led him with 22, and Demusius had 12. Um, um, I don't yeah. uh, Davis had 13 and M-U-O-N had 16 and five rebounds. But yeah, here's Delaney. the thing. Mm -hmm. When you look at that, they only had nine turnovers. They had nine turnovers for the game, and you scored 85 points. So, so they control that game from start to finish, and that's the first big win of that year. It's the biggest win of the year so far for the SWAT. And I think there's going to be a lot of different uh, – there are going to be some more uh, games where the SWAC is going to win. I mm -hmm. feel because the coaches are getting better. The coaches are bringing in better players. And I just think this is just a tip. That's just one game. And Coach Johnson will tell you, we still got to get ready to play these other games. But that is a good one. First-year coach, uh, he's representing Southern well, representing the SWAC well. Yeah. And, and 43 but, bench points now. Oh, 43, 43 yeah. points came off that bench. Right. Points in the paint. Yeah. Highlighted it in pink. 38 for Southern, 24 points in paint for UNLV. They have um, Brante Noel. He only had four points, but he's 6'10. Uh, Delane Mouon, 6'8. That's the guy we talked about. I, I guess he's a three and a four. Mm -hmm. But he can play outside. So uh, hats off to uh, once again to the Southern University staff and, and, and the players because, Coach, they now play their next game against a team. I, I saw a little bit of the action about the last three minutes. Arizona went into Cameron Indoor Stadium yeah. and defeated Duke. So I know Southern's going to show up and, and play hard, but, hey, 
Maybe that's one to four victories going in the conference play for, for Southern University. Right. I, I think they got something they can they can use this game to build on. They got their confidence. Uh I, I look forward to the to the the next game for them. And yeah, they they got they playing in a tough play. Arizona can play. You know, yeah. you don't go into Cameron and come out of there with with a win if you can't if you can't ball. So uh Jaguar Nation is gonna have to get ready and get behind this team. But regardless of what they do in the preseason, I think all this is doing is set the table for the SWAC uh season. So that's why these coaches are playing these games. That's why they'll learn, they'll make adjustments, they'll take the positive things out of out of these non-conference games and get ready for that SWAC. Because everybody wants to win that that SWAC crown. They if some everybody wants to knock off all corn. Everybody wants to knock off Grammys. So I think that's what that's what this is this will be about in the preseason. Charles Edmund and Coach Fedaway. I was talking to a Southern Knight from Houston, and I told him what I liked was the spacing and the motion as far as offensive. At least I could identify that, Coach Fedaway, because last year I couldn't always tell you what the philosophy was for Southern University, but I, I kind of can see, as we can see, plenty of movement and space, and then flat out. They got some shooters on there. Uh, in particular, uh, Brandon Davis, who comes off the bench. I like him. I mean, he can score, but he has this toughness. And he's not a big, big guy. But I, I just think all the ingredients are there. They just got to keep getting better. And that's all you can ask. Each game improve, learn from mistakes, and, and just try to improve. So yeah, uh, Davis has 13 points and six rebounds. If you're getting that from your bench, that's that's part of the reason why he got 43 points off his bench. Uh so so you might have a deeper team this year. And and then you know mm-hmm. that that helps when when you got that long grind of the conference schedule. Right. Yes. Yeah, I, I was very impressed when I saw that when I was right. very impressed. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start. Uh a big win, first year coach trying to get things figured out. And you know what I did, Carlos, after that win, even though it's way early, it's way too early, I put a circle around Southern University coming to Alcorn. You know, we only played the Jaguars one time in the conference. I've already got that game circle. I mean, look, a, a, a game like Alcorn will be fired up, I know. Alcorn well, will be fired up, but Southern will be fired up too now. I mean, I, I have no doubt about that. A win like this will definitely help your confidence. Now, going in Arizona is going to be really tough. They beat Duke. It's yeah. going to be tough. But I think, you know, you get into some solid mid-major games and you you feel like you can win some of those. And I think it helps. It helps your confidence, especially with a first-year coach. You know, just still trying to – because they're learning the coach and coaches learning the players. So you get those wins. Winning always helps. So when you do that, teams get better and better. I mean, Alcorn this week, they got Arkansas State, very winnable game. Then next Thursday, they play at UL, uh, UAB. Andy Kennedy, former coach at Ole Miss, solid, solid, solid mid-major team in UAB. I think Coach Petaway knows about that. So oh, yeah. if we can get those two, in addition to what Southern has done, the rest of the teams in the league can, can do some good stuff. Look at look on the women's side. Look at what UAPB, you know, they, mm-hmm. they almost beat Oregon State. I mean, Oregon's a whole other animal. But still, I mean, you're seeing some good basketball early on. The grind hasn't hit yet as all these teams are going to continue to stay on the road. Yeah, right, right. And and uh, I went down to Florence uh, 
Alabama A&M played North Alabama at their place uh, this past Monday, and uh, we didn't shoot the ball well, and, and we got in the hole, uh, uh, early hole. In fact, it was like 9 nothing before we even scored. So hmm. uh, it, it was just a bad shooting day for the Bulldogs. But I'm looking forward to the SWAC season. You mentioned UAB. We, we got UAB coming to our campus for the first time. All the years I coached, I could not get them to come to Huntsville. But but now with that new event center, uh, you know, there's, there's been a shift in philosophy. Uh, the A&M women went down to UAB last week also and played. So we're developing that rapport, that relationship. Mm -hmm. We've had a pretty good relationship with UAB athletics. You know, we played them a couple of times in football. I always played them. Uh, when 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 uh Mike Davis and 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 those guys were there and well not only just Mike Davis but uh, Mike Anderson also so I've always played UAB in basketball so developing a relationship with regional opponents I think is good remember I've always talked about the regional play um mm -hmm. if 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 you could pick up a guarantee game and it's not that far away helps in with recruiting and it also helps with the conference RPI so I, I think it's a it's a win win situation, and I'm looking forward to a lot of these games coming up in the sweat. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Charles. I'm going to ask Coach Pettaway. You know, there's one game I want to ask you about, and from what I was told, at the Old Elmore was one of the biggest crowds other than Alabama State, Oakwood. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is Oakwood. I mean, yeah. I've seen the videos, I've seen the pictures. Elmore was standing room only for Oakwood. Right, sellout, sellout. But, I've often wondered about that. Like, how does that, how did that happen? Okay. Well, look, it, it's not just Oakwood. That, that's what I, I, I've been saying. If you're not, if you want to make money and you want to play a home game, there are certain teams you need to schedule at home. Mm -hmm. I will have a sellout with Tuskegee. I have a sellout with Oakwood. I'll have <laughs> a sellout with Miles College. Now, when you look at it and say, wait a minute, those are division one opponents. Okay. No, they're not. But I'm helping with the gate. I'm helping. I'm bringing sell. I'm bringing money into the university. No, I'm not putting my team out there against. I don't get them all in the same year now. Yeah. Every year, I might pick one or two of those guys to bring them in. But our fans love them, man. And and Oakwood, we try to treat it as an exhibition. They don't look at it as an exhibition, man. Mm. They close their campus down, and they and those <laughs> students and alumni and fans. They come in there, man, and it is rough, man. That, they will over if, if your fans are late coming, they're not gonna get in. Oakwood will beat them in there, man, and they'll have a home crowd. Yeah, <laughs> you walk out and you like, wait a minute, can we, we change scenes or something? But 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 yeah, but but I, I'm serious. That's why I think some of the the local teams playing some of the local teams will help the bottom line. Yeah, and, and in mm -hmm. our case, it's it's been proven over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said in our number one, I, I thought we'll see some more of these uh, big victories, both on the men and the women's side within yeah, yeah. In the conference. And uh, you remember uh, last time we had Coach Johnson on, he said he wished the predictions. He he wished they would have had him pick almost last. Man, yeah. last. And because um, he said you, got, you still got to go to work. The predictions yeah. are just that. Uh, to get the, the interest and, you know, people can debate about and give their opinion on who will finish where. But the one good thing is I always say you can compare and contrast. You can look at those early preseason predictions and then see at the end of the season how right 
you were, how wrong you were, or you in the middle of the pack. But um, yeah, look, looking forward to uh, some uh, some more wins on the win column uh, within uh, the conference. Coach Petaway, anything else basketball-wise? Uh, you know, we could save NBA for another time. I guess it's it's still early. What? Somebody went down with the injury for the Heat. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, boy. What what took him out of took him out in the um, championship series of wrist this time? It's a, a sprained ankle, but uh, the NCAA tournament it seems to be catching a little bit of enthusiasm. Charles shaking his head. No, no. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Look, well, I, at least they use the regular season games. They're not adding games. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I love yeah. the. I love the play-in tournament at the end. I love it. I love it. You got teams jostling for those final two slots. I love it. Am I interested in an in-season NBA tournament in an 82-game schedule right now in November? No, I'm not. And I, I think it, I think if you got the players in their own living rooms and ask them, hey, man, you like this in-season tournament, even though it's a few pennies out there to, to play for. Yeah. A few pennies compared to LeBron making $50 million a year. You get, yeah. I don't know what, I think it's a half a million dollars. I don't know what the payout is. It is. It's half, half a million. A, a half a million dollars. But LeBron on your body. I, I get it as a fan. You want to see that stuff. But for me, I wrote I, just get me through the 82 game schedule, get me to the playing tournament at the end, and let those teams jostle oh. to get into the playoffs because okay. that's where the real story oh. starts. Okay, well, hold right there. Just for the reason you said about the end season tournament, I feel the same way about at the end of the season. You had 82 games to get it done, right? And if you didn't get it done, then shame on you, shame you. However. However, the Miami Heat. Uh-oh, there we go. Going back to the Heat. <laughs> they had the tournament at the end, lost, right. and, and then got a second chance. So, right. You know, Same maybe, with the Lakers. Yeah, Same maybe. With the Lakers. Oh, really? So, maybe, maybe I should stop waving uh, my fingers and, and talking about <laughs> that, that tournament at the end. Hey, hey but, y'all, with the in-season tournament, they didn't add additional games. They just took the regular season games and put them into a tournament format. So, so that and 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 what they're doing, you know, they're trying to copy off of what the WNBA do uh, it does. And then also, you got some European teams leagues that do the same thing. They have an in season tournament to try to keep to make games more meaningful. So, so no, in other words, the, the, they're saying if we put this in here now. Now, during the, the regular 82 games, we'll make some more of these games mean something to the fans and to the players. Because you're not taking off. And people are not taking off at the, at the right. end of the season. Right. That's the you reason know. for the in-season tournament right there. Correct. Correct. You, you want all your stars to be available every right. single game. I get it. I get it. But personally, I like it on the back end. I, I like right. it. Now, now, I agree with you, Carlos. You you you've been screwing it up for seventy five games, and all of a sudden you wake up the last seven. Oh voila, we're in the turn. We're in, we're in the big show, and now we can win it all. I agree with you on that. But it's just for me, I just you know an in season tournament to try to keep 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 the interest early on. I get it, 
just don't like it. Yeah, yeah, don't like yeah, it. Yeah. We'll put you down for um, you don't like it, and 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 we know you're tough. Uh, uh yeah, the Miami Heat still need a player that can get twenty on any night. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Hero is too fragile. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> it could could it be our producer extraordinaire for today? Yeah, hey, but let Carlos, what what about the number one pick? How you guys like like him? He's done a great oh. job. He's done pretty yeah. good, though. Not as consistent as you want him to be, but man, yeah. when he's on, that kid can play. Well, yeah. I I think he's ahead of schedule, if I can say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he'll have some things to work on from a physical standpoint, but from the, the mental and just the athletic ability, he he's there. And the scary thing is he's going to improve. Yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. Now, man. Coach Petaway, listen to him on some interviews. He's not big on bulking up and everybody talks about his body. Look, the Slim Reaper still looks the same. That's that's uh, not Kevin Garnett. Uh, oh, no, I can't think Durant. of his name. Durant. The Durant, Slim yeah. Reaper. You remember? He, he couldn't bench press 125. <laughs> yeah. But 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 look at him. So uh, Victor will will be fine. He will be fine. And he's just, just scary. And he has a great coach. Yeah. That uh, meant to him in the early early, early years. So he, he'll, he'll be just fine. Um, that but that comment, Miami Heat, yeah, they they could use another 20 point plus score night in and night out. And and Coach Petaway and Charles, I still contend that Bam is playing out of his natural position. I think he's a he's a four, he can play five, he can play, he can guard every position on the court. Maybe he is the guy that I'm going to talk to and say, you're that dog. Because I, I had a coworker tell me that Jimmy Butler doesn't thrive on – he's okay, I'll put it this way, if he's not that that number one scorer, that leader, that dog. Yeah. yeah. So maybe Bam can be that, but uh, I, I, I'm not – you know, we'll see. Still my boys whether they win a championship or not. I, I think Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, is ready to pass that mantle off. I think he's carried a lot of the, the, the load for this Heat team since he's been there. And I think, you know, to pass that that baton on a little bit, take a little bit load off of him, I, I think it's a good thing. Because I, I, I do think Jimmy Butler, is, I mean, he's he's a consummate professional, but I do think there's a little bit of frustration not getting Dane. He's got to play through that. And you will see if Pat Ryan's going to add some talent to that roster. But uh, J- I think Jimmy knows that, you know, he's got to distribute some of the load mentally and emotionally, physically. And with Bam being the guy that can shoulder that with the broad shoulders, I think it's actually a good thing. And I think Bam would embrace that. And, yeah, and, 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 and I'm going to talk John about your Wall. team in a minute. Uh-huh. Somebody said, go get John Wall. That wouldn't be a bad fit now for them. I gotta make a note of that. That's our producer extraordinaire, I believe. Again, <laughs> who happens to be a, 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 a Miami Heat fan. Uh, quickly, then we get, we'll switch back in the last 10, 11 minutes and uh, look at SWAT football race, which on the eastern side is over with uh, games last week and games this week, and we'll take about maybe a minute or two for this one. 
the Los Angeles Lakers, Charles. You know, they're like the Cowboys. They get all of the press. They get all of the accolades and all that. But um, let's just face it. I'm going to see if Coach Petaway agrees with this. Anthony Davis, to me, is the guy that they need. We know what we're going to get from LeBron. What are we going to get from Anthony Davis? And once again, against the Miami Heat, he hurt his hip. I, it, I I just don't think it's just bad luck that he keeps getting these these injuries. What is it, Coach Petaway? I, I I'm throwing up my hands again. Well, <laughs> to me, he's the key. If he's healthy and playing consistently, you know, when you look back at last year's playoff, every other game he played, like the Anthony Davis that we expected, like the Anthony Davis that was in New Orleans. But see, he has not been consistent since he's put on that Laker uniform. Hmm. He has not been consistent. And 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 if they're going to go anywhere, he's got to be the one to lead them. Yeah. And I, I think LeBron, video. LeBron is trying to pass the mantle on to him. Yeah. But he's not accepting he it. He can't. Right. He, he can't because you, you got to be available in order to pass, in order to get that baton. You got to have your hand out to get it. Right. And I, I, I agree. I saw a video and some still shots of LeBron, and already he looks tired. He, he looks. He, I think he doesn't want to carry all this load, but he's got to to avoid them getting embarrassed, and they've been getting embarrassed right. here in the last few games. And you know, Anthony Davis. I don't know. I mean, you're paying him a boatload of money, availability. Without him, there the Lakers have no chance. My Lakers yeah. have no chance. And I think at some point, you got to make a decision on Anthony Davis. At some point, do you load manage him? The NBA is going to get on you about that. You know, unless he's truly hurt, I'm not saying he's not, but there's 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 something to that. He is fragile and he can't stay healthy. And right. if he can't stay healthy, the Lakers can't stay healthy. They will not go very far. They may not make the playoffs. There's too many good teams in the West. So I am concerned if I'm a Laker fan, you got a lot of money tied up in these dudes. Can you make some moves, a move or two? Don't know. But something something's got to give here for the Lakers. I don't know what. But, you know, I, I think Darvin Ham is frustrated. I, I know he is. He does a great job of playing it off. But, you know, he's got he's to deal with it. But it, it's frustrating if you're a Laker fan right now. Oh, yeah. last, last question. With what you just said, then, you know how you talk about the decisions that you make? Then you just extended Anthony Davis. Now, yep. to me, you can't move him. That is a – I just don't understand that one. I, yeah. You, you, you know, you you pay somebody based on what they've done. That's one of the things. Then, I, I guess, two potential and needs for the team, how that can help. But, boy, you're stuck. And I, and I, and I tell you what, Pat Riley better not get on the phone and call <laughs> <laughs> or receive a phone call from uh, the Lakers. From Gene Bus. It don't don't matter. No, we, no, no. Uh, Anthony Davis contract now, man. That's a lot. Of, that's a yeah. lot of money now, and I I don't think you can. But anyway, I got enough problems with the Heat. I can't worry about the Lakers. And and, and here and here's another thing. James Harden is is uh, is, is this James Harden experiment going to work? It, it looks. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I think I think you know when James Harden walked in the locker room. I don't know if y'all saw the video when he first right, walked in the locker room. 
And I don't know if that was for show or if that was reality, but that there that 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 got my antennas up. Right. When, right. You know, when he walked in that locker room. And so far it's not working. It's not working. You're paying him a lot of money. And so right. that that's, that team you know, was doing a lot better before he got there. Since yeah. he's been on that team, that chemistry is gone. Yeah. And guess what? The team he left is playing very well. Very well. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll, have to, we'll have to come out with our power rankings, but a, a big victory. Uh, last week, I said Boston was number one. They, they've moved down in my rankings now. Yep. They didn't move up. They couldn't move up, but uh, we'll have more NBA to talk about. Last but not least, we got about six minutes. Coach Penaway, some interesting games last week and a Friday night game in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, but, but Charles, last week, of course, the big game of, uh, of the week, Alcorn over Southern University, uh, 44 to 21. And we've, we've kind of talked about that <laughs> a, a, a lot in this ball game. Uh, here we go. Here are my notes. Swag recap. For November the 14th, also in the conference, it was JSU over Texas Southern, 21 to 19. A lot closer. A lot closer than people expected. Dangerous team. Dangerous team. And I also have a prediction on Sunday with Texas Southern and Alcorn State. Uh, Prairie View and them at that point over UAPB, 38 to 14. It was Alabama State over Grandma State, 17 to 6. A Southern fan base that's not happy, and now a Grambling State fan base that is not happy. Wait a minute, Hollywood Hugh, he can't be in trouble. <laughs> He's an NFL, former NFL quarterback. He's going to be a great fan. Got to be a good fit. Got to be a good fit. Maybe the Bayou Classic, if they get a win, it may smooth, calm some of the fires. But I don't know, Charles. I'm 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 hearing our fan base is just as frustrated as yeah. Southern University's uh, fan base. But then Friday night, a big victory over UAPB, forty-three to yeah. fourteen. Uh, that's how the recap went for November the fourth. TSU, dangerous team, Coach Petaway. Yes, it is, and uh, I think TSU, even though they don't have their main man body. They've came up, they have come up with a quarterback that's getting the job done for them. And 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 they're and playing well. And it's gonna be back. a bit, hey, look, they're gonna have a lot, they're gonna have a big decision to make in the fall now when body's back. Because they got two quarterbacks that, that can actually get it done. The one game you did miss uh Uh-oh. the last weekend was, was Florida A and M coming to Huntsville and uh and they put the beat down on my Bulldogs. And Florida A and M is showing everybody, everybody. That they can't are see the it. team to beat. You can't see uh, it, but that was the first one. How did I miss it? Uh, <laughs> 42 to 28. Shame right, on me. Right. Yeah, Florida AM's for real now. They jumped mm-hmm. out, jumped out on us, man, 17 and nothing before we could even get in our seats good. <laughs> and, and, and then of course we fought our way back, but they were just too strong in the second half. I think uh Coach Simmons has done a great job down there. He's already in the SWAC championship game. He's going to wait to see who's going to come out of the West. Right now, all corn, the Braves look like they're going to be the ones headed down to Tallahassee. But now that that's not what I'm looking forward to. After we win the SWAC championship, I want the SWAC to be able to beat the MEAC. 
We need to find mm. out what ha- what what needs to happen. What are we missing? When I say we, I'm talking about the swag, the coaches, all of us. What are we missing that we cannot beat the MEAC champion? Well, speaking of a champion, uh, thanks for the message, Roy. Benedict is leading Albany 10 to 0 in the second quarter. Benedict, you know who their head coach is. Used to be at Southern University. Name is name is circulating. Yeah, Trey Oliver. I remember all of them. North Carolina Central, right there on the staff with um, Dawson Odoms, who is still in some Southern Knights memory should still be the coach at Southern University. We're not going to go down that road again, Charles. <laughs> I'll have I'll have to get Tony Clayton to represent me. <laughs> it is what it is. Quickly, we're almost out of time. Um, but to your point, Coach Petaway, it if we look at the crystal ball, potentially North Carolina Central and FAMU. North Carolina Central is tough. They're yep. really good. If that's a potential matchup, that could be a good one. But boy, the no, but I think Coach Simmons would be. You know what though? I think with him coming from the MEAC, he has a better understanding of what it takes to beat a MEAC team. You got to remember now he he mm-hmm. he was in the MEAC, right? He did, he did well while he was in the MEAC. So if his team is the one representing us, we 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 might we might be okay. But yeah. I also think I think the Braves want another crack at Central too. I mean, you know, yep. the Celebration Bowl and all uh, that. The, the Braves want another crack at NC Central, Carlos. Quiet as it's kept, people still talk about that matchup. Braves well, want another crack at it too. We got a long way to go though, but clearly, Alcorn and Central—that's a game people talk about. Right. Uh, yeah. Joseph said North Carolina Central and Alcorn. I'll say this: those were better teams that Alcorn had then than now. Yes, yeah, I said true. it. And they still, oh boy, they got gashed pretty good. I I think FAMU is the best representative there. I said yep. it, but they've got to win it. Just because I said it, they got to go out and get it done. Yep. Uh, could be a potential FAMU and Alcorn in the SWAC championship. Yep. Well, we'll find out. November the 11th, quickly, Alabama State at Mississippi Valley State, Alabama AM at Bethel Cookman on HBCU Go TV. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say that just while Purview and them, of course, at Southern Lincoln at Family Lincoln will have some nice money after uh, expenses. Yep. They've yeah. been all over, and I tell you what, I bet you Family will put that game away in the first quarter. Not like another team that I won't mention. <laughs> well, 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 Carlos Moose is not expected to play. It, it, they put it out. They don't need him. They don't need him. I know. Just, come on, Charles. They don't need him. Moose is not going to start. So they saved him for that Florida Classic, unless yeah. he's injured. Uh, and of course, all corner state at Texas Southern Sunday. Here's my prediction. We don't have time. I'm going to take Texas Southern in the upset Sunday. It's on a Sunday, the large day. They're playing well. Yeah, don't fall out no. just yet. We got about <laughs> left. Yeah. 
They're a dangerous team. Should have won at in Baton Rouge. Could have either won at Jackson. This team, albeit you don't see it that with their record, they're very dangerous. And by the way, um, Andrew Body's mother was in the chat room. Okay. They're, they're a dangerous team, but I still think the Braves will come out on top. Thank you, Coach Petaway. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you uh, very much. No, uh, no. Uh, I'll uh, 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 cut Charles camera off after that. Oh, okay. All seriousness, this, uh, this, you're exactly right. Quickly, Texas Southern, they should have beat Prairie View. They were up 14 nothing on FAMU. Had a chance to beat Jackson State. Should have beat Southern University. Texas Southern's problem is Texas Southern. Self-inflicted penalties, self-inflicted mistakes. They make five plays, commit five less penalties. We're talking about TSU in the in the Western Division race. So this is going to be a dogfight come Sunday. It's the only thing in town on Sunday, and uh, we just got to strap it on and get it done. I think that's ESPN Plus, that, yeah. that game. So I'm the dissenter on that prediction. Southern and Purdue and them, I got a lot of – questions can southern run the ball effectively can southern university get better quarterback play and play calling can southern university get better ball security can a banged up defense get it done today i'm gonna go out on faith a big leap of faith and i got southern winning 24 to 21 at aw mumford stadium senior day Want to thank all of our guests. Want to thank Roy for producing and uh, giving us that expert analysis with the, the Miami Heat and what they need. Well, if it wasn't Roy, I just said it was. <laughs> <laughs> and to everyone um, watching, keep the conversation going. Joseph says, sorry, Carlos, Texas Southern ain't beating Alcorn. I agree. I agree, Joseph. We, we'll, we'll see. I like the upset. I like the upset, but if I'm wrong, that Benedict scores again. Wow. Very good team. Very good team. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Oh, and by the way, uh, Blue and Gold Century Club, a proud sponsor of uh, the Coles Brown Show. And then next week, I'll give you an update. I'm going to ask for something from the audience and also give you an update um, on uh, my health issue. But, hey, you could tell. I guess I'm doing pretty good. I'm still excited, still animated, and I'm still starting mess left yep. and right. But and sideways. I'm, and sideways. But I, <laughs> I'm going to – I'll put it this way. I'm going to give you an update on the uh, health issue. That is, for those who may be just tuning in, chronic kidney disease that's what i'm battling and i'm going to complete this life journey and i'm gonna give you some uh some news on where that battle uh is gone peace and god bless